Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. We are so fortunate to have Carol Ellis on today's show. Carol is the editor-in-chief of Think Realty Magazine, America's largest print magazine for individual real estate investors and editor for Self-Directed Investor News. Carol has been actively involved in real estate investing since 2006, both educating investors and investing herself. In today's episode, we cover a lot with Carol, the power of self-directed IRAs, the impact of gender when investing, three crucial questions to ask yourself to increase confidence and improve your impact, and how to leave a lasting legacy. Welcome back, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. We're excited to have you back on this this wonderful uh, podcast and community that we're building, and we have a wonderful guest today. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to, uh, to jump into a lot, of, a lot of great discussions. Um, before we do that, we always like to kind of, you know, kind of get connected to all of you listening and kind of just get connected to what we're up to here. So, yes. um, so Andressa, what, what's, what's happening for you? I want to share with all of you that are listening right now. So on our mastermind group, we are uh, reading together, let's say, um, a book called Traction. And it's just like blowing my mind. I really enjoy that type of book. And today um, it was talking about knowing exactly what type of client do you want and just focus on pleasing that client. So they use an example about Southwest Airlines, that they are all about affordable uh, uh, flight tickets and a fun environment, right? So you don't expect to have a full meal there or anything related to luxury. And this customer sent every single time that she took a flight, she sent a complaint about the, the way that the flight attendants look or something that was not, you know, the lack of um, not, um, not having a, a, sit, a seat assigned previously of the flight and all of that. And one of those um, letters reached out to the CEO of the company and he took 30 seconds to answer all of, all of her complaints. He wrote... Dear Miss, whatever, we will miss you. Love, <laughs> see you. That's fine. Right? Well, and you can't please everybody. And sometimes we say, yeah, I can do this, I can do that. You can't be an expert on rehabbing properties at the same time that you're an expert in self-direct IRA, in private lending, and oh, and I do, I do notes too. And by the way, I wholesale on, on the side. Man, it's just crazy. And I think I thought about like, how can I relate this to my business is really like laser focus. I can totally put my eggs in different baskets, but I will align myself with people that are experts on those areas instead of me becoming the expert in every single one of them, if that makes sense. And I thought that that was a quick example that, you know, he answered in like 30 seconds. Damn. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And, and I, yeah, I, I'm a little behind on reading that book, but it, I'm really excited about reading it because we're figuring some things out and you have to, 
work on the business, right? Not yep. just in it. So that's always important. So, well, very cool. So, uh, Carol, welcome again to our show. And, um, you know, we always like to kind of start, um, you know, our interviews of, of kind of what, you know, a little bit of your background, obviously, but also what, you know, what propelled you to get involved in, in, in real estate um, investing and, and as well as just because you're, you, you teach women, you, you teach them in terms of investing. You also um, do it, you've done it yourself in terms of some of your, some of your work. So yeah, share a little bit about you know, yourself and how you came to get into this, uh, into the real estate world. Sure. Well, um, the, the short answer is that um, I guess about 15 years ago now, uh, I bought a house. It was a distressed house. It was in foreclosure and I bought it from a mortgage originator who um, I think that her, I, in retrospect, I think she probably had gotten it by foreclosing. Um, and I got to the closing table and I'm the person that every investor and lawyer hates. Um, I randomly decided last minute I needed to read all closing documents, um, which was really nice of me. And, uh, and so at the end of the day, I bought the house. It was all fine. Um, but you know, I thought I never going into an, a purchase like that uh, uninformed again. Cause I really, you know, I could read them all, but it didn't, it was too late. <laughs> and uh, so that was really where it started because um, that house, you know, had been a foreclosure. So it had some really, um, you know, unusual challenges. And uh, also I was just astounded at the time that I could just walk up to somebody and say, I made a certain amount of money and buy a house. And I thought, you know, I've got to understand why this process works so that I personally never make that mistake again. And um, I was already a, a journalist. I was working at another magazine. And uh, so I sort of transitioned from there into uh, education in addition to um, doing some investing of my own. I That's see. And from, from that, that point to where you are right now, how, how did you make that transition? Well, where I'm right now is actually, um, I, so I'm the editor-in-chief of Think Realty Magazine, which is uh, one of the only monthly print publications for real estate investors that is on the newsstand as well as digital. Most of them have gone digital or have not uh, survived. Um, so we're pretty proud of that. And I'm also the news editor for Self-Directed Investor Society, which is SDI Society. That's a membership association for um, investors investing in anything who want to move away from the traditional Wall Street um, assets and into more alternative investments. Uh, SDI has a subpopulation called SDI Women, and of course, that is my group. Um, and we focus specifically on the issues that self-directed women encounter as they support their families, create their investing businesses, and hopefully build a legacy and save for mm -hmm. retirement. So I sort of started out in the reporting and journalism space and uh, have sort of evolved through that into real estate retirement and investing. Yeah, I mean, the self-directed IRAs, I, I you know love to <clears throat> explore that a bit with you because I feel like so many people investing in real estate don't realize or they, they've heard that they, you could use your IRA to invest in real estate, but then, then they just don't know where to go from there, right? Can they use their own? Do they have to use someone else's? And there's a lot of rules and, uh, you know, certain things that you have to be mindful of. But, you know, um, like Andressa, we, we raise money and private money to do deals. And one of our favorite ways to do it is through, you know, people who have a, who have a self-directed IRA. It's one of the best investors we can, we can pull. And a lot of investors would agree with that. So I'm curious. So, when, if we broke it down with, with um, 
IRAs. Walk us through a little bit, you know, especially for the woman that may have an IRA from their corporation, you know, from the company that they work for, right? Usually starts there. So I'm employed, I'm working for a company, you know, can they use, do they have to create a self-directed IRA from there to then utilize into real estate? Can it be their own? So I'm curious just to go from like totally beginner level, like so the folks listening to this, women, um, get them thinking, you know, how they can leverage that tool in their own life. Okay. So I think the first thing that is really important to understand is that if you have an IRA, legally, I guess technically you could say it was self-directed. The problem is finding someone who is willing to permit you to self-direct because you know, um, legally, you, you can't hold your own IRA. You, you need an administrator, you need a custodian, you have other parties who are involved in that that are sort of, um, you know, depending on how you feel about government intervention. They're, they're, so they're in a good world, in a perfect world, they're sort of protecting you from making uninformed decisions. Now, whether they do that or not is a completely different discussion. But, um, so first what you have to do is find out what your options are um, and you're probably going to have to move that IRA. Um, it's very unlikely that if you work for a large corporation that, that, that whoever is managing those investments and handle, you know, whoever's managing all of that for you is gonna say, sure, take your money and um, you know, go do whatever you want because they're gonna feel liable. They're probably not allowed to do it. There's a whole lot of other things that sort of factor into that. Yeah. So once you find once you find that out, at that point, then you kind of decide what to do. You find a good custodian. Um, I have a lot of opinions on that too. <laughs> but you know, you find a good custodian, a good administrator, and you start to figure out what it is you want to do. Because if you are really interested in, um, say, say you talked about fundraising, um, private notes are a wonderful thing for self-directed investors to do because they're very hands-off and you're not supposed to touch that stuff personally. So um, if you're interested in private notes, that's potentially going to be a very different type of custodian or administrator than if you're going to try to um, flip properties, for example. Um, obviously, if you're going to go off and buy gold or invest in intellectual property, again, different administrators. Some administrators or custodians won't even let you invest in Bitcoin, for example, even though it's legal because they don't want to deal with the potential complications that may come with it if you either make a horrible mistake or if they make a mistake because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah, so I want to follow that, up on the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that was all I was going to say is once you've identified who you need to move forward with, then you get with that, with that company and you figure out the logistics of how to actually make that move. I want to follow up on what you're saying about the custodians and administrators. How do I qualify them? Let's say that I know that I want to invest in real estate, in really either new construction or rehab projects. Um, how do I qualify them? What type of questions can I ask them to ensure that I'm talking to the right, quote unquote, right person? Well, um, I think that getting a real reference is a very good place to start. Um, SDI Society has a list and, and we have some opinions um, and we are also, we're investor advocates. So we're not, you know, we're allowed to say what it is that we think because we are not ourselves custodians. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a good place to start. Um, I think that, uh, I personally think that having a custodian who is able to give you personal attention but has a company big enough 
that they, so you have like your own personal person that you're working with, but is also big enough that they kind of have the resources to educate their employees. Um, I think that's really important. Um, there's, there's a guy in Atlanta that works for Advanta. He's a mortgage broker. Well, not anymore, but he was. And it gives him some real insight into like how important it is for real estate investors to have, have speedy turnaround. Because, for example, those guys don't really have to do anything for you for about 30 days after you ask for it. Well, if you can get somebody who says, I know this matters and, you know, go ask these 10 people that I already work with. I send them their money when they need it. That's really valuable. I really think that is the biggest thing. Because if you go with a really big company, it may be a really good fit. But um, you really just ultimately, I think you need somebody with personal experience in what it is you want to do. Or somebody at least you can get a hold of that you feel like is going to look out for you and respond to you. So be tough. Like, you don't owe them anything. Ask them all the questions you want. And if they start acting like you're stupid, like, that's probably a good reason to not deal with them. <laughs> that's a good point. So people don't like to ask questions. They don't want to admit, you know, tell them, I don't know. It's not my job to know. It's your job to know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a really excellent point. The I never really thought realized that different custodians have different. I thought if you did self-directed IRAs, then then you just you know they were all the same. I didn't realize you really want to go to ones that might be more. I don't want to say investor friendly, uh, real estate investor friendly. If that's the the the, the choice you're making, um, and what have you. That's 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 really helpful to 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 be mindful of. Are there some that you know? Are there some that you know you would say that are part of its education. So they have like a, a larger network. So you're not just, you're not just, it's not just a custodian, right? It's not just a place to park your money, but there's other benefits, right? Additional benefits of being involved. Would you say that that's a, you know, important characteristic of some of the good custodians out there? I think that if you are looking for education, you should not look to your custodian or administrator. And, and the really good ones will tell you that they'll say, you know, don't ask me because legally I can't tell you everything you want to know. Um, what you, I think what you want to know is that they are educated and have sort of the wherewithal to do the things that you need them to do. So if you say, I'm going to flip houses, for example, there are a lot of perils and pitfalls to flipping a house in your IRA. Mm -hmm. um, but say that you say to them, I'm going to go flip a house. They're not obligated, um, nor are they even, it's, it's not even a tight, it's a gray area if they tell you that's a bad idea. So it's not mm -hmm. fair to rely on them for that. But what they do need to be able to say is if you say, I'm going to flip houses, that means I'm going to buy at auction. I'm going to need cashier's checks or whatever it is that you need. You need to be able to get a response from them that sort of indicates they're going to be able to operate with what you need. But again, specifically with that flipping houses example, it's a good one because that's not really the most awesome idea. Like there are a lot of caveats that go into that and um, they can't tell you any of those. Hmm. Some of them may, or some of them may say like, well, that's not the best idea, but not only are they not obligated to, but again, it's, it's kind of a gray area. It depends a lot on how they, you know, what their company feels about that. And, you know, you just, you, it's not fair to ask them to do that because they can't. Right. I want to talk a little bit about the limitations. If you, if you can talk about the top three, um, some some of the ladies that are listening to us they're thinking okay that's that's a good thing so let's let's run a scenario i have a self direct ira and i want to invest in real estate with that money or my brother my son they have a, a company and they're asking me to invest on, on that deal is that possible or there is a limitation towards that 
So um, the important thing to know, because you will hear people who are going to say things different than what I'm about to say. Um, the important thing to know is that with self-directed investing, you can do almost anything you want if you are creative enough and have the legal resources to do it. And that one, that doesn't mean you should do anything you want. Um, and it also means you can very easily hang yourself. <laughs> You're like, yeah. absolutely enough rope for that. Um, if you invest with a family member, um, that is a prohibited transaction. So like if, um, you know, like you said, if your son has a company and you're like, oh, well, I'll hire his company to handle the rental property that my IRA owns. Totally unacceptable. That's called a prohibited transaction. You can't, yeah. you also can't like drive by that house and replace the mailbox. Like you can't do anything. <laughs> but there are some people who, there, there are some systems that people devise and some of them are, you know, have been proven and some of them haven't that like that have a lot of workarounds for like, can I loan myself money? Who can I, I personally think if it's a gray area, do you really want to go up against the, you know, unlimited forces of the IRS? Like I don't really want to lose my retirement with that. But, um, you know, there are people who will say, oh, well, there's a way to do it. You can loan yourself money this way. You, you could, uh, but you just have to remember that you need to have really good support. And generally speaking, just don't touch whatever's in it. Never put your finger on it directly. And uh, that includes not letting your family touch it either. Yeah, no, that's a really excellent point. The um, <laughs> You're right, though. So many, so many times in real estate, you know, you, you can ask what, the same question to three different people and you get three different answers. So well, you're right. investors are so creative. Right. That um, it, it's sort of a, it's one of the things that I love the most about real estate investors, but especially when you're dealing with taxes in legacy building and retirement, it's also, um, you, you know, le left completely unchecked. It, it can be very dangerous. Absolutely. Um, and, and you, and you, you mentioned uh, during your intro and you also mentioned, um, I know you, when you, when we were talking, getting connected ahead of time, you mentioned you run this group, um, you know, the SDI women, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to learn a little more about that. I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, just your experience with that. And it's, it's obviously for, uh, you know, self-directed, self-directed, right. Our, uh, investing, but from a feminine or from a female perspective, and I'm, I'm curious to understand what that looks like. Um, I mean, I can, I can make believe <laughs> I know what that means. Um, but I'm curious and I, and I think, I think at the core of what Andres and I are up to with the Invest Her community and our, our, our podcast, and you know, it's, we're interviewing women, it's for women uh, in this investing business. And, I, and I, I think we need to talk about that kind of thing. Like, what is, what is the female perspective? What does that even look like? Um, so I'm just curious to explore that a little with you and what that group looks like and what kind of um, topics you guys have wrestled with. So if we can, well, if we can go there, that'd be great. Uh, this is a soapbox for me, so if I get going too long, just say, cut it out, girl. Um, <laughs> we only have three hours, okay? That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, women in investing um, is an increasingly trendy topic. Um, being a, I, I would say, first off, that um, today is probably the best time in history, regardless of everything else that is going on, to be a woman in real estate and to be a woman in business. Um, However, most of the conversation about women investing, women in investing, is not driven by women. It's driven by articles in Forbes that say things like, 
women lack confidence about their financial investments. Well, if you read the, the actual, the white paper behind that article, what they actually did was ask women why they weren't investing more. And um, basically it came down to, uh, for whatever reason, culturally, socially, economically, for whatever reason, women are wired to do more due diligence. And so what women actually said in response to that study was not, I don't feel confident enough to make good decisions. What they said was, I don't feel like I have enough information yet. Um, which makes me crazy because what happened was that study went out and everybody responded, I mean, you know, all sorts of media outlets picked it up. And the gist of it ultimately when it got to the general population was essentially that, um, you know, women did not have enough confidence. If they just would act, they'd be fine. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not the case at all. Like, you know, you don't need to like start beating yourself up about not acting quickly enough. What you need to do is figure out what it is you need to know so that then you can act with confidence. You know, is it different? And there's no, I felt like there wasn't, it's not fair to say there's no, I felt like there wasn't a venue in which we could kind of look at things like that and say, first of all, just because you, you know, if you, what these people are saying is wrong. And second of all, here are some things that you can do to remediate that problem. So that was kind of why we started it. And um, that's what I like to do with SDI women in terms of, um, you know, kind of either addressing, I'll be honest, anytime one of those things comes out, I have a tendency to kind of go off on it. But, um, <laughs> you know, to kind of address those issues. And also um, from the other perspective, you know, there are a lot of women's groups who are sort of, um, if you're not careful, it turns into a, we can do everything better than you, which, you know, regardless of whether that's accurate or not, is not necessarily productive. It's more, you know, yeah. how do I work? How am I profitable? How am I productive in a world with two genders? Like, sure. Exactly. That, that's exactly it. I think if, if it is a, if you think as a gender uh, battle, it just defeats the purpose. It's just a waste of energy. And that's not at all what Liz and I are intending to do here. Our goal is not to defeat or diminish any type of gender. We want to make sure that we are supporting women out there and they're hearing it from a woman that probably face the same um, issues in business and, and in personal life. We, we go through different, different scenarios when we give birth, when we breastfeed. Yeah. How does that impact the way that I work in my business? The women that are listening will understand and relate. And unfortunately or fortunately, the men will not relate to that at all. It's like, what are you talking about? You need to pump. <laughs> I don't understand right? Why do I have to have a babysitting pumping stations in a real estate convention center or, or, you know, and that's something that we are putting together a conference next year and we are asking the ladies, what do they need? The majority, like 80, 90% wants babysitting, wants pumping station, wants, you know, all of those things. And I remember, you know, Liz, I'll put you on the spot. Liz and I were on, the, uh, on an event one day, and it was, I think, when Sammy was about three, four, five months. Yeah, she was like young. That. Yeah, we last August. So she was probably right. six months old. Yep. We couldn't find a place. 
for for <laughs> her away for a while. Yep. We were like, where? Like bathroom, it's not the place to 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 go. So we really want to start that conversation and really provide the space where women can really come and raise their hand. Really mm-hmm. have the courage to really raise your their their hand and get their answers. Sometimes the, there is an intimidation or there's a lot of conversations going on around. So that's the purpose of it. And groups like yours start that conversation. So mm-hmm. when, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So when studies like that come around, it was like, hold on a second. Let's, let's really go deeper and see what's going on. I don't know um, if you have the same perspective, but it seems that we are in a, wave of like change right now do you feel that from the ladies that you speak with i think things are absolutely changing i think as more of these groups um regardless of their specialty as uh as we as women come together sort of in terms of knowing how to network better um there was another study it's it's about 10 years old now and it talked about why women are not um, as effective networkers, like if you coordinate, and it, it was self-reported, but if you coordinate um, how much of volume of networking a man or a woman does, a man can do far less to far greater financial gain. Um, it was really interesting. Um, mm. And again, I, I say that because it was about 10 years old, and I think it has taken us some time to really sort of formulate how to work together effectively. Like you're saying the thing about the, the stations and the babysitting. And honestly, I think that's a huge thing, especially for the women who are just starting in real estate, for example, um, because so many of them, you, you know, you have to have other educational options because maybe, you know, if you are just starting, you may not necessarily be in a position where you can go, you know, everybody says, Oh, go to a seminar and network. Like, well, really, how are you going to do that? Um, either yep. your child is very well behaved or you're, you know, you got a lot of things to figure out. And um, I think that as a, as we as a gender figure out how to network with each other and support each other in ways that are increasingly productive, it just, it, I feel like it's all coming together right now, sort of in this past year or two. It's funny you're saying, it's so funny how the world works, right? It's like literally this morning, uh, Jess and I were talking about <laughs> networking and, and just how personality plays into that. I'm I'm really curious to read that article because when I think about women and men in general, that's shocking to know that women in in an article was less effective than men, where I think men, in my experience, of course, I know men that like my husband, he's very relationship oriented, but I tend to find when I speak to men in networking events, they're more about like, how can you help me? And if you can't help me, I'm going to move on. Some, not all men are like that, but a lot of men are. Um, women are the opposite. I think women are more like, how can I help you? And they're less about themselves. So they're actually more effective, you know, and, and I, could, I could see women being more effective in networking. So I'm shocked to know that that article or that research showed the, the, the latter. So it's interesting. Well, I, I think it's important, one, to remember that it, it was dated, um, but also what you just described is precisely why it translates to, translates to larger financial gain because um, at least in a male dominated industry, oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, you're yes, not yes, necessarily, yes. you're not speaking the same language. Like ultimately you want the same things. Like you probably want to help them, but you also want to help them for very good reason that you, you want to have a building effort. Um, they want to have a building effort too. They're just skipping the part 
like that doesn't necessarily feel as integral. And I think that, but that's, that's anecdotal on my part, what or speculative. What I think is that that's why if you translate it to money or if you translated it to I got it. success or longevity, the men had better success. But you also I have see. to remember we're still a minority in certainly in real estate and in, you know, the corporate world in general, yeah. which is study was conducted. No, that's a really, that's an excellent point. I was talking to someone uh, just a moment, you know, about an hour ago and um, he runs a very successful company and he was giving me some ideas on, on some um, projects we have going on. And he, he said, you know, I have a way to track how many people come to my website. He does more note investing. And he said, you know, I got 87%. I think your conference is needed because 87% of our men that come to my, that come to my site. Cause he's a way to track how many people come to my yeah. website. So I was just like, huh. Okay. So he's like, yeah, you need to do that. That's a great idea. You know? So, um, but no, it's a really great point. And I, I, I want to get back to what you said earlier about the confidence and due diligence. Uh, I love that because, you know, when I think about even people's personalities, if you're more into due diligence, it's going to look like you have a lack of confidence. When in reality, when in re- reality you're, you're researching, right? So you're getting more information. But what women need to understand, or even just people who have that type of personality need to understand, the more due diligence you have, you do actually your confidence increases, you'll act quicker. And then your, your confidence just built upon that. So it's, it's actually very connected yet. One looks like the other when, you know, you're, you're in the beginning. So it's such a awesome point to make Carol, because I, I, I love that. And I think, um, we have to be clear on what's happening and why, you know, things can take sometimes a little, um, longer for, 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 for certain types of people, as well as you know, how gender plays into it. So that's a really excellent point. I just wrote that down. And I think that's a, mm-hmm. well, yeah. and it's important not just to be aware of it, but to understand how to communicate it because it affects how people will follow up with you. Um, it, you know, there are a lot of things that go into that. If they think you're putting them off because again, to gender stereotype, you know, if they think you're putting them off because if a man did it, it would mean he was trying to get out of talking to you. And you're not, you're saying, I need another week because you need another week. Mm. It's, it's important to communicate that or you may lose the follow through or, or the network connection or whatever it is because, you know, even women make those assumptions about each other. You know, it's not a given just because I tell you I need another week that you're not going to say, oh, well, it's because she's not really that interested anymore. So it's really important to communicate, whether you're a woman or a man, honestly, but it's very important to communicate in a way that is very direct. This is what I'm doing. This is why I need more time. Or, you know, you answer these questions for me, we could expedite this process, you know, whatever you want to do is appropriate. I think I love that part of communication and just getting very, I'm very straightforward. So uh, I will ask the freaking question right away so I can get (laughs) things moving. But I understand that the process at the beginning, I, I didn't even know what to ask. And I, I was embarrassed to ask somebody else, hey, I don't know this. How can I really go there? So beyond, you know, creating groups for women to network, I think that relying on those groups to, hey, group, I have this question here. What I don't know, I don't know. And mm-hmm. I should be asking them. I think it's just elevating each other. And, and I can see once something, when somebody has a problem on our uh, investor community another day, a lady had um, 
her roof basically collapsed. And, oh. and yeah, and Not right? I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then I was like, let me look at my contacts and start shooting, um, you know, referrals to her. I know Liz, you jumped in it too. And we start shooting into her. Oh my gosh, I wish, I wish I had that years ago because it will, yeah. it will change the way even we do business and the way that we are wired to do not ask for help mm-hmm. and say, let me tell you, I can do this on my own. Let me figure it out. But creating that community where women really highlight what we are good at. Let's not focus, oh, I'm working in a male-dominant industry, blah, blah, blah. We heard that story so many times. Okay, what we are bringing into it that is missing right now, what, what's, what is it? So from your perspective, what are the differences that women bring to the table that, sorry, man, but men don't bring? What, what are, you know, but what, what are they? Because I want the, the ladies that are listening to us to keep that in mind when they enter any type of meeting, that they are bringing something to the table. Um, well, I think it's more, actually, in SDI, I, I, think, we, I think we should steer away from that. Um, though I do understand from your perspective as far as having some confidence in terms of what you're bringing to the table, you are bringing things. Mm-hmm. But um, I really think that that is, if you're not careful with it, it, it can be harmful. Because um, again, you're drawing those gender distinctions um, and it sort, of, it sort of leads into, well, I'm better than this, that you, stuff like that. It's more, I, I think it's more important to look at it um, a little bit more scientifically or socioeconomically or, you know, in terms of saying, this is why I am the way I am. And first of all, that's fine. You know, it's not yeah. like, oh, well, now that I know why I am the way I am, I need to change it to be more like everybody else in my industry. But understand why you are the way you are and then look at what you're bringing. Like, do, are you bringing, um, it, you know, one of the, one of my favorite investor stories is a woman in Atlanta who went to a, um, uh, I can't remember who the guy was now and I should, but she, she went to a seminar and it was one, it was long enough ago with one of the ones where they sold you a $6,000 package at the end of the morning. Okay. And she didn't have the money. She wanted to put her kid in dance. And so she went to the seminar cause she thought maybe she could flip houses and he sat down with her for 15 minutes and he wrote on a napkin what she needed to do to drive for dollars and changed her life. Um, she's got all these coaching students now. She's a full-time real estate investing business. Um, and that 15 minutes really changed her life. Wow. Well, what she brought to that meeting was really just enough of a drive and a clear investment in making it work that the guy who was supposed to be sitting with her for her 15 minutes of one-on-one selling instead made her an action item list and, and believed she would go do it. There you um, go. So I think that, and, and she did. I mean, and she's affected you know hundreds of other women and men now that she's talked to wholesale. She's been doing it for 15 years. I just love that story. But um, really cool. at the same time, it's not so much because I'm a woman, I'm bringing this. It's more what is it either that's driving me or just some real clarity sure. about why you're there. And of course, what you offer, but that's going to be different for everyone as opposed to something really, I think that it cannot be painted with a particularly broad brush. Sure. I think it's even more important for women than men to be really clear about it 
both for themselves and in a way that lets them communicate. Preferably, honestly, if you're dealing with men without having to talk about your gender. Yes. Because then people either tune you out or get very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> if you really, if what you're really trying to do is just get a deal done, you don't want either of those things to happen. True. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really excellent point. And it's, you know, it's those questions that, like, what drives me? You know, why am I doing this? Like, what is it, you know, what's, what legacy do I want to leave? Like, these are the questions yep. that women are, at least a lot of the ladies that we talk to are, are, are connected to, right? So versus I just need to fill the time. You know, I don't think a lot of women <laughs> are looking for things to fill time because we want to create, you know, a financially independent, free, abundant life for our families, right? For ourselves, for our families. And, and real estate's one way to do that. There's lots of ways. But, um, you know, I talk to women and men for that matter about what's your why. Yeah. You know? And people are like, oh, I just want to sit on the beach and relax. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I do sit on the beach and relax, but I don't do that all the time. And passive investing, you still got to, there's some active. <laughs> So it's such a whole like myth, right, of real estate investing and, <clears throat> excuse me, and how people, people think of what that looks like. But I think your point is so well taken around what drives me and, and getting clarity for yourself and then being able to communicate that directly to everyone you work with is, is critical. But um, and able to support other people because they don't, they, they may not have that. But you're absolutely right about the... Um, getting that for yourself because you know no one's going to do it for you. I mean, think about all the important things in our life. No, you know, no one just brings me to the gym. You know, I wish they did, but I have to drive myself to the gym. I'm not a driver, but regardless, I, I still have to physically do the workout and I physically have to feed my body with good food and physically quiet my mind, all the good things that we all want to do. So you have to do that for yourself. What drives me? You know, why am I doing this? So that's some great questions that uh, people have to ask themselves. So, um, that's awesome. I, I, I have like a zillion more questions, but I know we have to be mindful of time, right, Andressa? Yeah. So what, what's next for you, Carol? I mean, um, you know, I'm curious. You, you're, you know, what's next for you even in your own um, planning, you know, in your own, uh, you know, kind of professional world? Curious to understand that. Sure. Well, um, I, I, I have the exact job that I want. Um, I love being editor of Think Realty Magazine, and I love reporting and writing some analytic things on, uh, with SDI. Um, I really am hoping this year to kind of uh, bolster the SDI women's side of things as our full membership grows, you know, do some additional things to kind of serve them. Um, but I, you know, we put out the magazine every month. It's a big goal for me to make it as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. Um, course I'm biased but I'm also right uh it is I can't think of a really a, a better more actionable accumulation of resources than we offer um you always have to be wary when somebody says oh we have something for everyone um but the magazine really is a wonderful tool that sort of bridges the gap between new active and um you, I don't they don't really like being called passive investors, but you know, the, the more turnkey mm -hmm. um, investors that have maybe stepped back and are more fo focused on portfolio building mm -hmm. than, uh, than actually like, you know, laying the brick or yeah. things like that. Um, so I just, I want to keep, I want to keep growing that content um, and serving that community. And I think that uh, I think realty and SDI are the two places for me to do it. That's and great. of course um, 
I have four kids. They're uh, 2018, four and three. So, um, you know, always in that equation is, you know, we spend every, you know, when school's out, you know, we spend every afternoon together. Um, you know, that's, that's always at the forefront, even though we don't, especially a 2018 year old, you don't really see a lot of pictures. Of that. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> but, you know, that's always in there. Like I have things like that, that I want to do and um, that are not up for compromise. So sure. that's always part of it too. Mm, that's great. Um, so, and to piggyback on what you said, uh, what's really awesome is that Carol is um, willing to give away a free um, Think Realty membership uh, and, and, you know, get some access to, you know, news and some coaching, um, some buying, buying discounts. Uh, so that's really awesome. So thank you for that. And, um, you know, of course, of course, we're going to, um, you know, have, have women you know, do something to get that, right? Because we have to kind of, you know, make it about action. So what, what they're going to, what, what we're inviting you to do is send, send us a note. Um, you know, uh, you could send it at Liz at the real estate investor.com um, and send us a note to say one thing you're going to take and do in the next week as a result of this show. Because the, the last thing we ever wanted to do was create something so Andres and I can talk and, you know, just to talk and, you know, interview women. We wanted to put something together that was a value and that people could take. And, yep. you, you know, just, just what you're up to as well, Carol, and all the, you know, your, your magazine and the work you're up to. It, was, it sounds like the same approach. So, so yeah, so send a note to, to myself, Liz at the real estate investor.com. Um, first person that does it is going to get a free membership and, and it's a phenomenal resource, phenomenal magazine. So you're, you're missing out um, if you're not involved in, in um, you know, that, uh, that community. So with that, what are other, any other way that women can get connected to you or, you know, learn more about what you're up to and stay in touch? Um, what, what would they, uh, how they find you? Well, sure. I actually, um, I would really love it if, uh, all of the women, if you go to SDI Women on Facebook, um, you, you can join. Um, that's a free membership. It, SDI is a paid membership, but the SDI Women side of it is free. Um, also, honestly, I use Facebook to source a lot of our Think Realty stories, and that's how, one of the wonderful ways that I find out what women and men are doing in our industry actively. So um, I, I would encourage you to friend me. Um, you might want to, if, if we don't have any friends in common, you'll maybe send me a message. Please tell me where you came from that, that you heard it here. Um, and, you know, it's just Carol Ellis on, on Facebook. And that's probably the easiest way to find me. And um, it's also a, a great way for me to know what you're doing. Great. Perfect. All of this information you're going to find on our show notes. So you just go there and you have all the links and everything you need to reach Carol. Um, so now we're going to uh, transition to our fabulous three questions. Uh, the first one, Carol, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Um, I always say Watership Down when I get asked my favorite real estate book. And the reason I say that is if you remember, it's about rabbits that have been displaced by commercial development. Um, and it's uh, two things, you know, the value of good real estate and also um, look out as an investor because everyone um, is going to villainize you from time to time. Um, you know, they were probably building affordable housing when they evicted those rabbits. And, um, you know, so just kind of, <laughs> I, I don't have a really fantastic answer for that. I like that. That's though. a great one. I do. I like that. Because <laughs> you're right. You know, it's so easy to judge and, you know, to who's right, who's wrong, but to be, you know, mindful of all those things. It's huge. I think that's, 
The second one is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, I think a really big part of that is actually has to do with the boys. And, um, you know, of course, they're, I'm going to say that I do this every day, and there are exceptions, but there aren't a whole lot of them. Um, I, I picked them up from school, and, uh, you know, that's it. Like, you know, we're, we're running around or we're building with blocks or we're, you know, going to a playground or, you know, whatever it is, um, we're, we're together after that when their school day is over. And um, that gives some structure to, you know, as a real estate investor or as a, as a freelancer, you know, as any entrepreneur, you sort of lack a lot of that structure because there are so many things you're responsible for doing. Um, and just kind of knowing that there is a deadline um, it is a very actually a very profitable and productive thing i think now of course i say that and and today my husband is is picking them up so that i can do this but um, <laughs> but in general you know i think that that has been a really stabilizing factor that's also it kind of compels you to get your other stuff done or or make choices about what you're not going to Sure. The last one is which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, I, gosh, that, that's another one that's hard um, because there's so many, I'm so fortunate because my job is speaking to investors and, and a lot of female investors, um, you know, every day. I mean, I, I've done hundreds of interviews. Um, I think, uh, it, you know, there are so many women that I look at want to be like her. Um, you know, I actually, I have incredible respect for Linda Liberatore. Um, Pam Goodwin is another investor. She's a commercial investor. She's, you know, just very driven and pragmatic. Uh, obviously, you know, my mother, you know, I, it's like, it would be like the Oscar speech if I really gave you a good answer <laughs> for that. So, um, I, I just, you know, there, there are so many women in this industry alone that, really any of them you could just kind of say okay in this situation what would she do and you would be well served well thank you carol i i i i love what we got into i think you know there's there's value to like the how-to which we got into and some of that you know self-directed but the value and and insight you brought to the table around you know this whole idea of um you know what you know, how women can even bring the best out of themselves and, and help others around them because that's what we're all kind of up to. So absolutely. Thank you for being on our show and sharing your great insight and giving this amazing gift away. So the first <laughs> woman to send me a note, uh, you know, what you got out of this call will get this amazing membership to Think Realty. Awesome. Thank you very much, Carol. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.